Oh, hey there. How's it going? <laughs> I didn't see you there. It's only been, what, four years? 19, 20, 20. Almost four years since I've put anything out on this podcast. So I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I just wanted to drop a quick episode here. I'm doing a short series of sort of group chats, panels, like discussions on my channel which is, you can watch them on Facebook and YouTube if you want to catch us live. We're doing them for the next few weeks, maybe five more, and just talking about stuff that's relevant to life, religion, community, all the kind of stuff that I used to talk about on the podcast, but now in hashtag current year. So, um, yeah, so I'm putting out the audio version here on the podcast, but we're doing them live on Tuesday evenings, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time, and if you want to come join us, you can, uh, check out my Instagram page at SDA Millennial or the Facebook page. That's where, um, streaming them on Tuesday nights, and then I have a couple of my other friends with me. Um, but yeah, just wanted to have some conversation, just check back in with the world, uh, because I've been sort of MIA for a while. So I hope you're all doing great, um, and enjoy the audio from this live stream that happened this last Tuesday. Okay, hey guys, how's it going? Welcome, everybody. So, um, I guess I'll just give a little intro here. My name is Emily. Hopefully, if you are seeing this somewhere on one of the places that it's streaming, you know who I am. And if not, hi. Um, I wanted to put together a little panel group of people, of my friends, to talk about some things that just, you know, have been on my mind over the past several years. Um, and just have a place for people to share their perspectives. So hopefully you guys can all join us. If you're in the chat, just say hi and let us know you're there. And if you have any questions or comments along the way, feel free to drop them there. Um, The reason why I wanted to do this uh, is to, because of some of the things that I've been seeing in myself and in my peers lately, regarding religion and our view towards it in modern society. So I pulled a few of my friends. So we have my brother, John, who you can't see, he's driving right now. So his camera is off, but hopefully he'll be able to um, add some voice input here. And then we have Manly, who is a friend of mine from an online group that we're in together. And then my friend, Stephanie. And I'll let each of them do a short intro about themselves um, as we go. But just to start out, um, I think we're going to talk about sort of what we see happening in the culture and um, what our own experiences are a little bit and and maybe hear from some of you guys that are watching. So, uh, yeah, would you guys just like to do a short intro? Uh, Introduce yourselves. Stephanie, will you start? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, my name's Stephanie. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm happy to be here. Not sure what I should say other than that. I'm a counselor. I'm in my internship right now. Used to be a teacher, but felt like, uh, I don't know, I wanted to reach people on a deeper level. It just felt like out of order um, to educate before helping people with more basic and immediate needs. So I'm happy with what I'm doing now. So yeah. Okay, and uh, the important question of the night, does pineapple go on pizza? Absolutely, yes. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, Manly, will you give an intro? Yeah, hey guys, I'm Manly. I'm from DFW, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. 
Uh, I own a business, a painting business, um, 29 years old. Uh, I grew up a conservative Christian uh, in a conservative Christian household, went to a Christian college. Um, and uh, yeah, I think pineapples belong on pizza as well. That's nice. pretty good. Okay, good. That's four, out, three out of four so far. Uh, John, you want to weigh in on the big debate? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is John. I'm Emily's uh, brother. Um, I grew up as a Christian. I've been Christian my whole life. Currently in Southern California, um, and I work in admissions and recruitment at a university out here. Um, as far as whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza, uh, I, I kind of, I want to say that it doesn't belong on pizza, but I also want to say it's pretty good. Okay, so, all right. So um, if you think pineapple doesn't belong on pizza, then, you know, tread carefully in this group. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, let us know in the comments your opinions on pineapple on pizza. Um, okay, cool. So now that we have, we'll have my goal for this. And of course, this is everyone's schedules permitting. Um, we may have some people coming in and guesting or different people slotting in and out. But my plan is for at least me and a couple of other people to be here every Tuesday night around this time for the next six weeks to do a little series of ongoing discussions. Um, there'll be about an hour. We're shooting for that. Um, and, and so, yeah, so we'll hopefully we'll all have a little bit of time over the next few weeks to share more in depth about each of our stories and our journeys and like where our thoughts. Um, but until then, uh, I wanted to start out with just kind of an overview. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and if you listened to my podcast at all back in the day when I was doing a podcast, um, I, one of the things that drove me to do it was that I was seeing my peers, both religious and secular, kind of having this sort of crisis. And if you listen to discussions within the Christian church, there's a lot of hand-wringing within the church of like, oh no, why are the young people all leaving? What's happening? How can we get them to come back? Meanwhile, a lot of the actual young people who are leaving <laughs> feel justified because they have actual criticisms or different new and different thoughts and opinions um, that the church isn't able to uh, address sufficiently. And so I just wanted to have a place where we can talk about like, is that a real phenomenon? What do you guys see? Why do you think it's happening? What are the stories that you've heard from, uh, from people in your life, from your own life, all that kind of stuff? So I guess, first of all, does anybody have thoughts on, on this, what are some of the trends, some of the attitudes that you see, not only in your own life, but in people around you towards religion as an institution, but also just as a belief system? Because um, I know that re in the modern era, in the last 10 or 15, 20 years, since I've been like a thinking human, <laughs> uh, people, a lot of people have said like more and more often that they're kind of spiritual, but not necessarily religious or leaving organized religion but i feel nowadays even more people are beginning to say like they are like agnostic or atheist even. so what are you guys seeing what are you seeing in your circles in your peer groups that kind of thing yeah one thing i think that i'm seeing is that well i think it's always been true that some people use religion as more of a tradition whereas others it's more of a 
way of life and a truth. And I think that those who use it as tradition um, now in this generation with the internet and stuff like that, tradition in general is just less uh, like prominent. It's easy to have new traditions or be exposed to traditions from other people. And so they're not no longer only seeing one type of thing over and over again. So I kind of feel as though those who use religion in a traditional way are not using it within the religion they grew up in as much. Whereas somebody who's looking at it as a truth, they may still be holding on to it. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I kind of agree with that. How do you see, what do you see the difference? Like what causes that difference or do you have any idea? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a guess, but I would think it's um, personality. I guess some people just are more serious about like, what's the meaning of life? Like early on and other people, it's more about community and like um, their, like, I guess what they do to be part of their faith and just like the family feeling that it brings. So, yeah. Yeah, I do think I have noticed that as well. There's kind of two camps of people, um, whether currently or formerly religious. It's like some people really do view it as just like a culture and a community. And it's like, okay, the doctrines, the theology part, all of the belief systems that go along with that, I'll subscribe to them and I'll accept them, but I won't necessarily need to um, dwell really deeply or like puzzle them out for myself on a really <laughs> individual basis. And then on the other side, there are people who are like, okay, the community is valuable in some ways, but more than that, I want to have a personal philosophy that like I, makes sense to me and that I can truly like accept with everything that I have. And I, and I think that, um, I think that people have issues on both sides of that. I think there are people who end up leaving the church because of the culture uh, burned them and they're upset with what happened to them. And I also think that there are people who leave because they can't like square a round peg in a square peg in a round hole. Is that the saying? Like theologically or logically. You know? Yeah. Can I, if I can jump in real quick, I like you both brought up points that, that I really like. Um, Stephanie, I liked what you said about um, tradition versus truth. And then Emily, you brought up the point of um, value. Um, and, and I think from my perspective, um, I think those are two really key factors. And from my own personal observations, I do think that, that people are leaving the church, um, particularly young people are leaving the church faster than they used to. Um, and it's, you know, it's a completely different discussion on, um, whether or not that's a good or a bad thing or, or what, um, religion or if you want to um, specify organized religion, what value it brings. But I, I think that's really the crux of the issue is that, um, you know, I as a Christian believe that the church has a specific purpose um, and that it is supposed to accomplish something. And, um, and just to put it very, very briefly, you know, that, that um, purpose and that, that mission of the church is to um, spread the gospel of God's love for us and, and the, um, the blessing of salvation, the gift of salvation. Uh, and I think um, in a lot of ways, the, it's, it's 
come down to a, a point of um, whether or not people are getting value from organized religion and the 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 climate now the society that we're in and technology um everything everything is so accessible um and so you can really be extremely picky about what you um are consuming what you're partaking in um what even what worldviews you have because everything is right at your fingertips and if organized religion is not giving somebody value then there's no reason for them to stick around to it. And, and I personally think, and, and maybe we'll get into it more later on, I don't want to be the only one talking for a really long time, but um, I think in a lot of ways, um, modern, and I, I can't speak too much outside of Christianity because that's what I'm most familiar with, but I think a lot of modern Christianity is losing some of the value that it used to offer um, in the past. Yeah, yeah, I see that too. Um, Onika says was reading a book saying that people identifying as Christian is declining. I also think some people in the church have pushed other people away from religion, sadly. I definitely agree with that. I've seen that a lot, and I hear that a lot in stories of my peers. Um, Manly, what are you seeing? Yeah, so I, I, I tend to think that it's natural for humans and um, our neurological wiring to be drawn to this concept of metaphysical truth. And I think people find it in different ways. Um, I think what Stephanie saying is saying is totally true. I think uh, I think maybe most Christians are actually doing it because they grew up in Christianity. I mean, if you think about it, I think I think maybe around eighty percent or more of Christianity is made up of people that were saved kind of by default into a family that they were born into Christianity. That's not to say it's not true, but I mean, when that is the case, you have to think about it. If someone didn't technically come to believing this truth on their own accord, by their own free will, by their own free thought, then the idea that they are going to uh, grow up into it and have a lot of free thought and um, uh, I guess intellectual wiring and logic behind why they actually determined it to be true, they're, they're going to be lacking that. And when they experience the first roadblock, which is probably going to be someone at the church being a douchebag to them or something like that, um, they're probably going to, they're not going to be able to say like, I believe this is true. I'm going to stick it out and we're going to figure it out. They're probably going to say like, well, I was here for community and like friends and these people just screwed me over. I might as well peace out of here and find some better people because technically like on the surface, they at least know like, okay, the idea of Christianity is we're supposed to be better than the world or something like that. Um, so when they find out that like, Hey, my atheist friends are being nicer to me, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that really is. That's a tough nut to crack when Christianity purports to be like the better way or the healthier way or like, you know, and in reality, you see that people can be like very hurtful within the church. And then a lot of times, especially if you've grown up with ensconced within the Christian culture, and then you go out for the first time after having been told your whole life, like, oh, no, people who aren't Christian are like scary and mean and like whatever. And then you go and actually meet people and they're like way nice and they actually have reasons for the things that they do and they actually have a moral system that they go uh follow and like it becomes more and more difficult to parse like 
why are we doing all of these things, which oftentimes ends up being a little bit hypocritical in that we say we do a lot of things that we don't actually do and vice versa. And it becomes really difficult if you're coming for the culture aspect to justify separating yourself out in that way as far as like labeling yourself as a Christian. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, on that same note, the one of the some of the biggest things I've noticed is like if um, if I was to leave the church, which I kind of deconstructed at one point, I didn't leave the church, but um, a lot of it came down to, OK, I want to have my own free thoughts on this, because I've met multiple Christians that said if they if they didn't fear hell, they would go kill some people that they really hate. And for me, I'm thinking like, you know, if I ask an atheist why they wouldn't kill someone, they're not going to say. I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell for eternity. They'd probably yeah. say, like, I think murdering people is the wrong thing to do. And why? I think Christianity is lacking that. And it shouldn't be lacking that because I think technically Jesus in the flesh probably would have been able to tell the disciples like, hey, murder is wrong because <laughs> like society doesn't work well if we're out here murdering people. Like you need to love one another. This works as a natural law framework to make the world a better place. But instead, Christian church is like, if I'm honest, I think a lot of it is that the, the people that are were running churches for a long time and are maybe still running churches are unwilling to ask somewhat simple but critical logic questions of like, hey, Christianity may or may not be true. We assume it is true. But even then, let's assume science is still true and God created science. Um, we should have answers for questions apart from like God is mysterious. Yeah. And I think because young folks have so much more access to anything and everything, like they can easily Google like, hey, why shouldn't I kill people? Their pastor says like, because you'll burn in hell if you don't. And then Google says like, hey, um, if you notice natural law patterns in nature and like also in every other animal species, like the ones that are doing like in packs that are doing the best, like they don't murder each other or like they only kill the ones that are trying to murder one another. It's like, oh, there are patterns here that are real that aren't just like, hey, don't go to hell. You know, people want we as humans, I think we long for real answers. And I'm not going to say like old older people and older generations were dumber, but I think they were just focusing on different things. So it was enough for them to yeah. have maybe simple answers in certain respects. Yeah. And I do, I have seen this from some of the older um, generation. There's almost like a piety in uh, the mysticism of religion in the sense right. of like, oh, we shouldn't try to answer that because if we did, we wouldn't have faith or something along those lines. Right. Um, and I think that's really, uh, that is really off-putting to younger people who want to actually have a cohesive and coherent like worldview that they live by. Um, yeah. I, I think those are great points, mainly. Um, yeah, there's something I would like to add to that, too. Um, yeah, I feel like in some church cultures, they aren't as focused on punishment because, I mean, it, it's psychologically proven that people don't really maintain behavior that's reinforced by punishment when the punisher is gone. So typically people in cultures in which they're like, well, if you do something bad, God will hurt you or like you're going to be in hell forever, then if they don't like if they never really took that on to themselves and their parents aren't saying that anymore, it's not going to stick. But there are, I think, cultural aspects of religion in which people do feel rewarded by a relationship. But that's where I think some of the conflict comes in, too, because like we're uh, like a Christian tenet is that we are not going to heaven through acts, but through faith. But then at the same time, it's like a call to action 
it's like a, a way the church gets engagement to say, what are you going to do next for your community or this or that? And people start feeling guilt and responsibility for like representing God. And it's almost like they're trying to perform before they even have the relationship. So then it just like is completely out of order and it's not organic. Yeah, totally. Um, This is like a, a little sort of parallel that I see too. I know nowadays there's all kinds of different thought movements and things springing up that people accuse as being like religious sects in some way. Um, but I was, I'm, I get down these weird like YouTube rabbit holes and one of them is like, you know, the business and coaching sort of area of the internet. And so I was in one this, this one group that was um, talking about becoming an investor and like buying in businesses and things like that. And one of the things that you have to do when you join this like online course, quote unquote, is you have to go like post on your social media, like I am an investor. And I was like, that is kind of like a religious right type of thing. You know, that's the same kind of thing you were saying, Stephanie, of like, you have to do this performative thing to like take on this identity. And then you're allowed to like be whatever it is, whether it's Christianity or you know, an investor or whatever. It's like, um, there's something a, a little bit performative about it. So what do you guys think? Um, it, we've talked a little bit about why we think maybe people of our generation are leaving the church, but I would also like to talk a little bit about um, the fact that, at least from my point of view, a lot of people feel unable to talk about it, you know? Almost everybody that I know, whether they talk about it or not, if you can get them in a really good one-on-one -on -one conversation, will say something like, yeah, of course, I've had questions about this. I've thought about leaving the church this, or I actually did leave and I didn't tell anybody. Or like, I've been having these thoughts about X, Y, Z, and I haven't told anybody. Um, do you guys see this aspect where people have feelings or changes in beliefs, but they feel like they're not allowed to talk about it or that they can't talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I think that especially in like older generations who are and maybe more traditional, they have a lot of terror. Like I know my parents, like if I told them and I didn't even say this in my intro, but I guess I would technically identify as agnostic right now. But um, if I told them that and I, I mean, I kind of have, but it didn't really sink in and I'm not going to try to make it. But it, like my mom is terrified of me not being in heaven with her. And that's extremely distressing to her. And then she also worries about my like moral choices and stuff as if I have no other like moral backing. <laughs> Almost like if I don't have Christianity, I'm just going to go crazy or something. So yeah, that's one reason. Yeah. Although, you know, I have seen, I have seen that it swing that sometimes is a justified fear for people. Like if you leave the church, you'll like become this crazy depraved person, which is not always true, but it can happen. Um, but then also, uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed back when I was doing the podcast regularly was I would tr talk to people and ask them to come on and, I would get so much, um, so many no's of people saying like, I would, I want to talk about it, but I feel like I can't. I'm afraid. I'm afraid who's going to hear it. I'm afraid what people are going to think of me, all that kind of stuff. Even setting this one up, I had to ask several people and no shade to anybody who couldn't come. They all had valid reasons why they couldn't. And, um, and I, I don't blame them for that, but it was 
kind of tough to get together a little group of people who was willing to talk like in public about their opinions that might be sort of outside the norm. And I, I think that's part of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I feel like we need people who are willing to actually say what they're thinking and say like, yeah, I am having struggles with this aspect. And that maybe religion as it is, isn't something that's being a net positive or, you know, whatever it is that you actually think. John Manley, are you guys seeing that? Have you noticed that people are unwilling to talk about their experiences? I think they are. So uh, there's this thing that a lot of people talk about called the Crusades that Christianity was pretty responsible for at one point. And um, obviously we're not here out here slaughtering people anymore for not believing, but um, whatever the core of the crux of that uh, crusade movement was, I think some aspect of it still exists in the human condition in Christianity. It's not quite gone. People are not out here trying to kill people, but I mean, when your fundamental belief system, uh, it relies upon one people following the faith. Otherwise like the world's going to go down or two people following the faith. Otherwise they're um, going to suffer for eternity. Um, your natural response is uh, it's either going to be out of a love response or fear response. Um, but um, either way, it's going to, it's going to make you feel um, probably excluded in a way or um, judged in a way, or uh, just get a response that you really don't want to deal with. You know, like uh, do I want to deal with my parents or my loved ones or my friends all saying like, I'm just really worried about you. I'm just so worried of what's going to happen. Not really. Like who wants to deal with that? Um, yeah. It's not fun. Like, you know, no. it's not fun to be pitied constantly. It's not fun to all this, that, and the other, especially when it feels like if you try to give them a response, they're probably just going to have like um, uh, canned rebuttals um, yeah. instead of like, Hey, I was wondering like, Hey, why doesn't the church include these people? Or, Hey, I was wondering like, Hey, what if, you know, just like there's a lot of questions that someone could ask about Christianity and ask, but um, religion is it's it's like the least dogmatic now than it's ever been, probably. But it's still there, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Sorry, not to skip over people's comments. I'll try to come back to people's comments. But Jacob said something that I think is relevant here. Um, he, uh, I think opinions in general are difficult to talk about. People hold these values dear and any different value uh, poses some sort of threat to their opinions. It can be extremely vulnerable for people. I think that's totally true, not only in religion. I think nowadays it is like, like Manly said, no matter what you're talking about, it feels like it's hard to have an actual interchange with people. Most of the time people are coming like not to be like NPC about it, but it does feel like sometimes people are just coming with their fixed point of view and you can't actually have a back and forth about almost anything hardly it feels like um, without somebody getting upset, somebody getting triggered, somebody getting offended, somebody getting hurt. Um, and so I think that causes people to just like clam up and be like, it's not worth the amount of friction that it's going to cause for me to say what I actually think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And one thing too, I think is not everyone has an intellectualized idea of their religion. Some people may be very religious and it's a very spiritual and vulnerable emotional thing to them, but it's not really something they can articulate. And when someone comes up with articulations and reasons and like statistics and they're just like, uh, I don't know, but this is so important to me that 
it's like I don't and they don't may not even approach things that way and they don't want to be forced to so it's just kind of like let me have my thing <laughs> yeah yeah totally um John texted me he said he he dropped service and he'll try to come back if he can but um yeah I, I think that's uh, an important point and I think it's uh it's not just a religious question it's kind of like a society as a whole question is like how do we create places where people feel um, comfortable enough to actually say what they're thinking because on it creates two kinds of problems one it creates the problem that people feel like nobody really knows me I'm not being heard I'm not allowed to say what I really think and then it also creates the problem of just generalized disconnection like now we have a uh, on top of COVID, on top of the internet, on top of all of these things of modern society, we have such an atomized and like fractured social structure that people get feeling isolated and they don't know how to connect with each other. And then it doesn't help that we all feel like combative toward each other in almost every circumstance. It's a really, really difficult problem to try to grapple with. Yeah. Yeah, that comment, um, I can't remember that guy's name, but he's totally right. Like we do struggle in general with talking about uh, anything and especially like there's probably like five main topics that are especially controversial. Like there can be a heavy, heavily polarized opinions on one end or the other. And when that happens, people, they tend to not be able to have a real conversation about it because it gets too heated. It's hard yeah. for people to have a real debate. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, I don't even want to call it a debate, honestly, because that even has a, a language that people don't like, um, just like inquiry with one another, like actually talking about it, having a, a conversation about a topic that um, is important, people have a really hard time with it. Um, and that is unfortunate that people have that. And I think that's another note of why I think young people are uh, tending to be less excited about church, because I think uh, we want to ask questions, we want to learn, we want to experience um, you know what? I think part of it is that older generations, they didn't have an out for that. So they didn't really know there was an option. Now young people can easily go say whatever the heck they want online and have a real conversation. Are people going to freak out? Yeah, but they're not going to experience all the repercussions, you know, because you can just like if someone's yeah. freaking out and cursing out, you just literally block them in one second or don't respond. Yeah. But so it's like, oh, we know that free inquiry exists and having conversation exists. So why won't these people I'm supposed to respect heavily have a conversation with me about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that contrast is making it easier for them to have a perspective that's like, why am I even here type energy? Um, but we do need to be able to have real conversation. I think that's super important. I think that would, I think that alone would draw in more people to church. Like if someone was willing to actually have a conversation, like yeah, totally right. Because until now, it's been about the rules or the standard or like the cultural expectations. Um, Rose says people in my life would be excluded based off the rules of religion, including in some of uh, in some of their hardest times, their darkest hours. That would create dissonance. I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, people will leave because it's like, for one thing, it, nobody can live up to the rules um, that are given and then on the other hand there's a lot of hypocrisy around or um or um like uh, double standards you know where some people either you don't talk about the things that you <laughs> really are struggling with or it's you know rules for some people and not for others there are a lot of problems around behavioral based things even though christianity often claims it's not about behavior it kind of low-key is 
Yeah. And, hey, Mary Jo, how's it going? Uh, she says, in my experience, the lack of transparency and leadership in our churches is a big problem. People who cover up issues and pretend to be perfect, yeah, while hurting others is a massive driving force away. Yeah, I've seen that a lot too. Um, and, and, you know, to be honest, that was a part of, well, I wouldn't say transparency specifically. In my case, um, I would consider myself still a Christian, but I disconnected in many, many ways from the culture. Um, and part of that was because of some of the things that I saw in the last few years of people saying they had a standard and then not living up to that standard and saying, you know, our mission at all costs is to spread the gospel. That's the Christian mission. And then in their actions being like, you know, well, we can't spread the gospel because this, we can't do it because that, we can't do it because that, this isn't our way. Like, it's like, um, it's just, it's very difficult to uh, take as sincere when, <laughs> when your highest value is not something that you're upholding, you know? Yeah, I really like what you said about that. But I think one interesting thing is like considering if we're to spread the gospel, it almost gives us a an intent that we aren't open for change. It's almost like on that side, it's like, oh, we're not here to have a conversation with you. We're here to tell you what to believe. And I think a lot of people view that as their mission when really it's not even, I guess, from my cultural understanding, which I think was less focused on um, evangelism. It's more like we plant the seed with our own life. Like we don't necessarily talk about it before people are ready or like things like that. So we just show by our own happiness. We don't talk about it because then it makes people feel like they aren't accepted in a conversation. <clears throat> yeah, that's completely true. Um, Alexandria says, I think a lot of times the fruits are preached more than the vine. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. No, no shade, Alexandria. But that's another thing that makes Christianity difficult for people is like the vernacular around it. You know, a lot of stuff is spoken about in like these um, Christian uh, uh, like idioms and things like that, that becomes very inaccessible to just talk about like life and what's hard about life and how can a belief system like Christianity uh, help you with that? And then people get into like, um, either falling off in, in the need of community falling off into doctrine or in the need of a coherent belief system falling off into well just join the community you know it can be a problem on both sides um okay cool did you guys have other stuff I, i'm looking at my oh i want to show rose sent me a meme that she wanted us to talk about so let me see if i can show it here really quick uh here we go it says uh eskimo if I did not know about God and sin, would I go to hell? Priest, no. If you did not know. Not if you didn't know. And Eskimo, then why did you tell me? <laughs> and that seems to be, you know, often what happens is like, like we were talking about, about the behavioral stuff. Um, people will say like, oh, there's a, there's a win or a lose, heaven or hell. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, or if you don't accept Christ, or if you don't believe this, or if you don't do that. And then in reality, it seems like it's just almost setting people up to fail. Um, and so then you don't blame people for being like, well, maybe if I just hadn't known about it in the first place, I would have been better off. What's your guys' take on this, uh, on this meme here? Let me show it again in case people missed it. 
Go ahead if you want to, Manly. I don't want him to take over here. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared to say too many things that are too controversial, but that is a super funny meme, and I'm glad Rose found that. That's that's honestly really hilarious, and I think a lot of like there's multiple angles to come from talking about that meme, but it is funny that uh, it's it's such a a stark example of the like the lack of like rationale in uh, a lot of the Christian religion. Like, hey, if you're if the goal is to get everyone to heaven, which a lot of Christians would say that is the goal, then and in theory, like probably at least at least fifty percent of evangelical Christians probably do believe that if someone doesn't learn about Christianity, then they'll go to heaven or something yeah. along those lines. Like, why are you going and trying to tell those people? That's pretty goofy. Like, if if it really is the goal, but um, yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of arguments for why <laughs> I don't want to I don't know if I should go into those too much, but I um, mean you can, we're trying to create a place where people can say, but you also don't have to if you don't want. <laughs> um, but to your point, what I was going to say, you can we can circle back if you want to say anything more. But to, I was going to add to your point about um, natural law. You know, like if you if you base your belief system on like reality and not just like a mystified. Um, you know, version of Christianity that just kind of takes some axioms and then runs with them. Like you won't, you won't have to worry about stuff like that because all you have to tell people is like live in harmony with natural law and you'll be, you know, 90% of the way there. Uh, it's hard enough to do that. If we're honest with ourselves on a day-to-day basis, you know, it doesn't have to be anything more, more um, damning than like, you know, do what you can objectively see is the right thing to do most cases yeah Yeah. this meme for me it kind of explains why i'm not christian and that's because i feel like salvation is like by definition to be christian you have to believe that jesus is the son of god and that he died for everyone's sins and so that's a very specific person and so that's a very it's a It relies on a cultural education to even know that person. So I feel as though it becomes spirituality to say that, uh, like that following the natural law will like give you love because I do believe God is love and that he is everywhere. And that if we worship love, that will like bring us closer to this. So I think that, and Christianity is very valuable. And I don't think that like, that's bad or wrong i think that does like help people like bloom and stuff like that but i think like relying on one cultural interpretation when there's a whole world with different countries and cultures and values it just feels like a lo- if it if god is loving he will communicate with everything that he's made not just with a name i guess is how i see it yeah Alexandria says, in the pre-modern age, when basically everyone went to church, there was already the assumption that people understood the gospel, and that's why they went on the emphasis there, present truths. I think that's kind of related to what you're saying of, you know, we come from, at least especially in the United States, because we're sort of founded on, uh, uh, Christian people founded this country, we do kind of come from like a uh, pre-assumed notion of Christianity that sort of is kind of being torn away from its moorings in the in the modern age 
Rose says, I think that real conversations only come naturally when there is trust on both sides. That's not a skill that we have fostered fully yet. I think we uh, are getting better, but I have zero proof of it. Yeah, I think that is very true. I think that um, in order for people to feel able to share their true experience, they have to be able to trust you. And uh, um, back in my uh, sort of more conservative Christian evangelism days, that was one of the things that they tried to create was this idea of like friendship evangelism, where you actually make friends and build a relationship with somebody. But, you know, you can only do that realistically with so many people, Um, you know, to have like a gigantic evangelistic, like a series or a meeting or something. I know that nowadays, you know, if you go on YouTube, people have these sort of interesting internet relationships that are like one-way relationships where people feel that they know you and trust you and you can speak to them in that way. But to have an actual two-way dialogue with somebody, um, it is a very, humans have a limited bandwidth to be able to do, do that on like on a real, a uh, very real level. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, and I wonder if evangelism, it, I guess to me, it doesn't feel very humble. So it's like, if people aren't coming in with the same, it's like one person expressing themselves versus one person trying to convert. It's like maybe both people could evangelize, but then it's kind of like a duel. So it doesn't yeah. really feel like, I guess, that you're just there to listen, I guess. And not like you, but just like people yeah. that have that goal. Yeah, and I do. Yeah, right. I do think there is this sort of um, uh, baseline objection that modern or postmodern people have to the idea of like uh an authoritative truth right so people don't like to be told okay i have something that is true that i'm going to share to you and you it's your job to like realize why it's true most of the time people just want something laid out that they can consider for themselves and then like um uh build their own thought process around and the way that christianity traditionally has done evangelism is like exactly that it's proselytizing it's like you don't believe this by the end you should and that's like the main goal rather than like let's actually discover what's true and wherever that takes us is fair game you know i think that's a little bit scary for christians to be honest Jacob says, one of my biggest issues with religion in general is my inability to, to discern which God is real and practice. If I practice Judaism, am I not saved for my sins? If I'm a Christian, I worship a false prophet. Yeah, that's a tough one. I was talking to somebody last night who was uh, also grew up very much in the church and with all of these sort of like um, preloaded ideas just be, by nature of growing up within a religious household that as an adult you have to come to terms with and then the more he was saying the more i think about them the more i'm like how where can you even like stand on something firm like you just the more you think about something the more it just expands into all of these different possible ways to interpret or ways to um ways to deconstruct really you know nowadays we're in sort of the a deconstructionist age of like everything has to be pulled apart to its very bare core 
And if it doesn't still make sense at that point, which almost nothing can, you can do that to like a block of wood even. Um, it's very easy to get discombobulated and feel like I don't have anything solid to stand on. No matter what I try to believe, it's like, it's like, you know, just sand kind of or water just tossing it around. I relate to that. What do you guys think? How would you answer this question? How do we reconcile these differences when the source of both is from a divine being? Yeah, that is a major question that a lot of people ask is like, okay, if God is real, if religion is real, if Christianity is real, if any specific de denomination is real, like, why are there so many? How do you parse? How do you parse what, what you actually like hold on to? Yeah, for me, I feel like I can no longer theorize from like culture and um, things like that because it's just it just feels like everybody's standing on the same ground they're just different ones and so to me like I I just want to focus on like what makes me feel like I am connected to love if God is love and I can connect to it then what does that mean for me so just like following that feeling of like how I can value someone and how I can give back in a way that's sustainable for me that like returns back in a way where I want to do it again it's like to me that's God and if I can expand upon that and like turn it into something bigger it's like I really hope I can but if I can't I don't think it's worth guessing because I already tried that and it really hurt <laughs> yeah that and I think ultimately that's at the core of why so many people end up abandoning you know, the culture and the religion that they grew up in is like, at the end of the day, the belief system could be whatever it is. But if it makes your life more painful, like people aren't going to stick around for that. You know, it's not a fun thing to have to <laughs> live through. And I don't blame them for that either. You know, um, here's a good question. <clears throat> If my heart finds secularism, am I just condemned? What do you guys think about this? Because that's a huge, um, that is a huge sticking point in Christianity. The idea that like, <clears throat> if you leave, um, you know, that's kind of a reason for condemnation. I really have a hard time with that because so many of my peers, so many of the people that I know are actually trying to see what is the best thing and truest thing for my life. And they're not, um, you know, it seems like a very vindictive thing, ultimately, if you say that God is going to have retribution for that, if you're genuinely just trying to find the truth, you know? What do you guys think? Uh, I I think modern Christianity, probably Christianity for a long time, um, apart from what I think Jesus actually taught, I think it, it doesn't give much room for the ability to... Um, peacefully contemplate on your own for what you actually believe is true and what feels right to you, what you believe is right. Um, I don't think Christianity allows for a lot of room there. Um, I think it should. And I think the crux of that should be that God is good. And if God is good, then why would God not give you the ability to uh, freely contemplate on what is true? And uh, if God is right and God is true, then God is probably confident that, okay, um, people should in theory be able to come to me if it is good. And I think that's true, but um, I, I definitely think Christianity doesn't give room for people to be able to feel like 
they should be able to ask themselves questions or ask anyone else questions, which is unfortunate. Um, and I think that is another reason why people leave. Like, um, like someone should be able to say like, hey, I'm gonna deconstruct this and actually figure out what I really believe without Christians making them pretty much confirming to them that they should leave and like not come back. Like <laughs> yeah. you just gave them reasons why they shouldn't believe Christianity is right by being douche canoes to those people. <laughs> Like, yeah, totally. One check for why Christianity is dumb with what you just did. Why would they come back? You know, it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting point. I, I think we're all kind of like in a little bit different places. And I would like to hear from both of you guys. Uh, I think Manly, you're sort of consider yourself still in Christianity despite having some uh issues along the way. And then Stephanie, you're kind of consider yourself outside of it because of your issues along the way. Like, how did each of you fall to that conclusion? Um, if you're not someone who has just happily and merrily gone along your Christian lifetime, um, how did you decide to stay despite it or that it was time to actually go? Yeah, um, for me, well, when I started out with Christianity, I, I grew up in a Christian church and everything. I just, I, but I was very serious about it. And I, uh, like more serious than my parents, my parents were pretty traditional and I was more like, well, I want to understand why. And like, I want to talk about what was talked about in church and figure out if it actually matches the Bible or not. And so I started reading all these books and getting really involved and doing small groups and all that. But I, it was like the more I put in, and I was ecstatic at that time. I loved my relationship with God. It felt organic and alive and present and real. And that was the happiest I've ever been. But through like over time, I started to feel like frustrated that like I wanted, I guess I was starting to get like neurotically afraid of people who uh, like that I'd that I trusted to follow God, but I saw weren't even trying. Like people who would say, like couldn't even admit that what they did was a sin, even if they're Christian. It's like, nobody has to be perfect. And I never held anyone to that standard, but it's like, why can't we agree that it's a sin? It's almost like we're debating the truth now, not like your ability to do it, which is separate. So I, I just kept getting, so I started to feel like I was the only one who was like trying as hard as I was. And I didn't really, and I was like, if I'm the only one trying, I don't want to be, I guess, it's like, I don't have community after all, I guess. So yeah, I just felt like I couldn't trust God to save people because I started to realize, wait, if I'm feeling this way about other people, then I'm not trusting that God made us in a way that we're like conducive to his truth. And so I'm like, who, whose fault is it now? Like the one who can't communicate, not the one who is like not doing a good job because I didn't blame the people anymore. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like these people were earnestly looking for solutions and they just couldn't hear them. And so I was like, well, I guess God doesn't take care of everyone. So yeah, but I pretty much went, I was pretty neurotic for a little bit and then I had to like separate from everything and like start over. And to a lot of 
Uh, I can just hear the voices of many Christians in my head saying, like, that doesn't sound right that you could actually feel and be healthier once leaving Christianity, you know, because it's supposed to be, like, the ultimate. So what do you think, um, how do you, what do you think is the cause of that? Yeah, I think for me, uh, letting go of feeling like I had the answer um, made helped me connect with people because I was so much of a perfectionist and so serious that like I was just mad at people who weren't doing that. And so it, it was like just feeling, it was like I just started connecting with people when I started being like, I don't know. Yeah, and it so. does seem like oftentimes, <laughs> sadly, uh, Christianity comes at the expense of people's relationships, <laughs> which is yeah. not, you know, it, ostensibly how Christianity uh, like frames itself to people but in reality that is often what happens sadly yeah like manly said too it was like about like i just needed the space to figure it out for myself at that point it's like something wasn't like healthy or like natural or instinctual anymore and it was just like breaking my brain and it's just like i just needed the space like i couldn't even conclude if it was religion or not it's just i didn't have the space to wonder so yeah. it was like i just needed to make it yeah Manly, what about you? How could, why did you decide, despite your sort of like a detour, that you were going to stick around? Yeah, so I grew up Christian, conservative Christian, in church all the dang time. Um, went to a Christian college. Um, until college, Christianity felt a bit like a uh, kind of just like a habit that came from my family, right? Um, it was just something we were doing as a ritual. Um, after I got to college, um, I started asking questions. I started asking myself, okay, I'm on my own. Um, what is true? Like, I wanted to know what really is true because, um, in truth, I want to make an impact in the world. I want to, I want to do that through spreading truth. And if the truth is true, then in theory, it aligns with natural law and it should make the world a better place. That was my thought. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't spreading something stupid that was going to cause harm to people's lives, honestly. Um, so, um, I just genuinely wanted to conduct analysis. I have a, kind of an analytical mind, I would say, and I want to know why I believe something ultimately. Um, uh, and for me, that was multifaceted. I, I kind of developed a framework for myself and it came down to, and it kind of attaches a little bit, Emily, to, uh, well, actually Stephanie too, um, a lot of the stuff that we, uh, the way that we met through uh, personality type Jungian psychology, but um, I thought to myself, okay, my framework is going to be, um, I need what I believe or, um, my life to align with and to synchronize and thought, emotion, behavior, and belief. Okay. Um, if I believe this, is it going to make my life better and the world better? If I behave in the fashion that aligns with this belief system, is it going to make my life better and the world better? Um, if I think about this critically, does it, can I rationally and logically justify the truth of this? If I look at my values and what I know in my heart to be true, which is what um, I'm sure you guys can guess what function I'm talking about, like internally, does it feel right um, or not? Um, and when I started asking myself that and deconstructing a lot of Christianity, I'm sure you can imagine there are some things that were like, hmm, that doesn't fit. Okay, that doesn't fit. Okay, if God is all good, all loving, all in control, et cetera, et cetera. Why the F would God decide to do this? If I'm 
Like, why am I having to say, hmm, if I was God, I wouldn't do some of these things they are saying God would do or is doing. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't ever be able to say, like, am I more gracious than God or more loving than God um, or more patient than God? But you guys are telling me a lot of things that are making me question that, which that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Like, if God is the perfect being that I should be able to worship and ultimately become more like and become a better individual and uh, project better behavior and better thoughts, better emotions, better values, better beliefs to the world, I want to figure out what that is. And that's the truth that I'm going to worship. That's the being that I'm going to worship and become more like and try and imitate. So when I did that, I did come to the conclusion after a lot of research and historical research and just a lot of critical thought and contemplation and processing, I came back to the truth of, okay, I think Christianity is true and good. And um, if you ask me like, okay, Manly, what do you believe about Christianity and who Jesus is? Like, probably a lot of modern conservative Christians would say like, hey, Manly, I don't know if Jesus was like that. Like, I might say he's like, hey, if Jesus is not going to punch anyone in the face, he's like passive. Can you read the gospels and say like, hey, Jesus in general protected everyone, loved everyone, accepted everyone. If he came back, who do you think he would be condemning right now? What does it look like he did when he came? Was he condemning the people that you guys condemn? No, he was hanging out with them and he was condemning people like you in his age. He was condemning the freaking church leaders that were judging everyone else based on rules. So if you think Jesus is going to come back today and uh, condemn all of these people and not come and tell you like, hey, you're not living out the truth of what the gospel actually represents and God's law, then there's probably a problem. And I started telling myself that I was like, what the heck is going on? Like we're, if Jesus came back, like a lot of the church would be like, screw that guy. And a lot yes. of atheists would be like, yo, this guy's the freaking bomb. Like yeah. he's cool. That doesn't make sense to me, you know? And I think that's even happened with, during his time. Like a lot of the people that the church condemned, they were like, yo, I'm following this dude. And the church during that time was like, Let's put the let's murder this dude. <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about that and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um ultimately, you know, I try to stay grounded and I still believe the church is good and I believe the the core purpose of it is good. I just think it needs a lot of correction and fixing. And that's kind of my perspective is like I was I was either gonna leave or stay, and I decided to stay and try to fix it. You know, I want to make an impact and do that in a way that obviously isn't just going to like drop a bomb on things, but yeah, that's, kind I of... mean, listen, if you need to drop a bomb, sometimes that's necessary, right? Yeah. Drop <laughs> no. nukes, Hiroshima. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I have, I've had some very, very similar um, struggles. Uh, if you listen to some of the early episodes of my podcast, that's what I was talking about is like, okay, we have this double standard where we hold some standard of patience and forgiveness and love and like uh, uh, virtue to humanity where if you did XYZ thing, like for example, burning someone to death, like you're a bad person, but it's okay when God does it. Like, how does that work? Like you said, how can we be better than God in that sense? Like, um, why is it okay? Or why is it justified? Or why is it righteous? Just because God you know, created humanity. And that's been something that I've really struggled with a lot too, which we can get more into all of these things over the next few weeks. I don't want to keep everyone here too long. I want to try to keep these to an hour. 
I really appreciate everybody who has hung out and chatted with us. Come back next week with more chats, more questions. We're going to talk about topics like more about our stories. We're going to talk about more uh, questions uh, regarding like what we were saying earlier about community and how not only in religion, but just in general, people are struggling to find it. What do we do about that? How do we fix it? You know, all of the topics. And if you have something that you want us to talk about, send it to me, send it in the chat, however you want, let us know, and um, we'll try to discuss it and see where we can get with it. I really appreciate you guys. This has been fun, and uh, hopefully we'll see you next week.